This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada for a brand new year of the show. No, they haven't cancelled us yet. I know you were hoping that, but it hasn't <laughs> happened. You're still stuck with us. Uh, Sean Priest, I'm still stuck with you. Hello. Oh, it's like it's like a dream, isn't it? I mean, a new year, a whole year of me and Tim. You say dream. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of the other word. What is it starts with an N? No, um, I have no idea what word you could be thinking of. Novelty, never-ending joy. Um... You're trying to think of something that's positive. <laughs> Start with the letter N, aren't you? Yeah, good luck. Uh, Tim Schwartz is here as well from Life After Blindness. Hello, Tim. Happy New Year. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. Happy New Year. It is nice, nice to be here. Ah, yeah, we go. You could have been nice. Oh, I wasn't thinking. Sorry, it's early yet. <laughs> um, well, it is a special year because it's 2020. And you know what that means, guys? It's the year of vision. <gasps> well, well, that's what we're hoping yes. anyway. I mean, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, very oh, good. Oh, oh, okay. thank you. You got past that. Carry on trying to find a word that begins with the letter N that means positivity. <laughs> yep, I'm back and on you, top you, for You've <laughs> just swung it and blew it out of the park. You can tell I know all about sport, can't you? You'd never <laughs> guess it's a new year, would you? I mean, honestly, it's just, it's just it's such a depressing time of year. I hate January. And February and March and April. And oh, no, it's amazing. May. I love it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the start of something special, the start of a new beginning. I love it. It's the start of a new beginning. Start of a new beginning? Well, it's not the end of a new beginning, is it? So it's the start of a new beginning. How would you get to the end of a new beginning? By finishing it. Look, this is, you've made my new year terrible already by picking on me. Forget it. Carry go. on. Well, I've done my job. Um, yes, well, it's not all bad because next week we are bringing you a very special episode of Double Tap. Now, I am under strict instructions not to say this, all right? I've been told not to mention it. Okay, so don't mention it. But you're going to mention it anyway. So, but but mm-hmm. I want to tell you. Well, I want to tell you because it doesn't feel right that I should have information that you don't have. So apparently we're going to go for two hours next week. Live! <sighs> oh, now that's, that's going to be interesting. I think this is the test. I think this is the point. I think the bosses are setting us up for a fall here. Uh, they're thinking, right, we'll stick him on for two hours. There's no way if we put him on live for two hours he won't say something offensive. Yes. So <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. Well, this show generally, I should we should say this, right? Because it's only fair to be honest to people. This show is generally uh, put together in uh, in laboratory conditions with lawyers present. Um, but, I thought you were uh, going to say it was generally offensive to everyone, but well, that as well. Yeah, oh, okay. well, that's the outtakes. But we cut them out. And well, we yes, destroy thankfully. Them immediately after the show. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, this this particular uh, episode we're coming up uh, next week is actually going to be. Uh, brought to you live from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Uh, myself and uh, Marco Flalo are going to be there for Double Tap TV. And because we're going there for Double Tap TV, it would seem crazy not to do the radio show live from there, right? So that's what we're doing. Uh, we're going to do the show live. You two are going to be popping in, although I know, Sean, for you, it's going to be like one in the morning or something. Some crazy I don't time. mind. I'm a, I'm a professional. I will be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go to bed at like 8.30. All right, Tim. There's no need to get nasty about it. I'm not getting nasty. I'm just making a point that you go to bed at eight. Do you not go to bed between eight and nine o'clock? Well, that's because I'm an early riser. I like to get to the gym around five a.m. 
Oh, yeah. I love I love the fact that you believe what you say. I think that's the thing about yes. it. It's just the ability to believe the nonsense. He is a professional. Say. He's committed yeah, to he what is. he says. Yes. You should be a politician if you keep. You should be president of the United States if you keep that up. Well, that's um, a low bar. Well, absolutely, it is nowadays. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's going to be a really exciting show. We're looking forward to it. Lots of interesting stuff. I mean, it's one of those things I cannot really imagine what the event will be like. All I know is it'll be chaos uh, because yes. there are millions upon millions of different people there, exhibitors, all trying to sell you something, although ironically selling nothing because that's not that kind of event. It's all showing you new prototypes of technology and showcasing to all of us what I guess the future of technology is going to be uh, in 2020, where we're going in 2020. People tend to look at CES as the the place to see, well, where we'll be at the end of the year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing, I guess, a rise in, in a lot of different areas, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, some of the things we talked about last week, for example. And that's what we want to kind of focus on this week. I think I, what I'd like to do is, are, are, is two things in this episode. I'd love to talk about what we uh, what we consider to be the main areas of growth, the things that will be really, really popular this year, and what our predictions are. And what we're going to do is we're going to capture this. If only maybe there's some way we could record all this, and um, we could record it and keep it. That might be the hardest bit. Um, mm-hmm. Keeping hold of it, not losing it, and then don't trust it with Sean, all right? Maybe give it to you, Tim, because he'll lose it. Yes. Okay. It'll be on the internet. It won't get lost. <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Nothing, nothing's <laughs> going to go wrong there. Uh, so yeah, we're going to we're going to keep this recording of our predictions for 2021, or at least the end of 2020, and um, we will revisit this this particular piece of audio then and see what we said and see what actually happened. Um, I'm kind of, kind of looking forward to that. Actually, that'd be quite good fun. I predict the iPhone for? 12. I predict, I predict <laughs> a new Amazon Echo. <laughs> wow way to put your neck out there both of you i guess i should predict the pixel 5 then i guess yeah oh come on that's, that's too far surely um i am intrigued to see what we talk about i mean what will be the the big piece of technology going into 2021 and i think we probably we're probably all bang on with our answers actually that's maybe as far as it'll go but i do wonder if anything new will emerge i have a few ideas but um and I think we'll probably all have the same idea, if I'm honest. But anyway, we'll get to that a bit later. Uh, so I think we've got a couple of emails as well I want to get to, and some voicemails. So we'll get to that as well before the end of the hour. Let's start off, though, with our talk around what is going to be uh, big this year. What are going to be the big areas of development? And I think, for sure, 5G is going to make a massive difference to our lives. And we can maybe explain why. Um, because 5G, for those who don't know, is essentially an extension of what is already available to our smartphones. It's the way that your mobile phone connects to the internet, right? You connect uh, currently via either 3G or 4G, and you'll probably be signed up to a plan with your with your mobile provider or your cell provider, and you will use uh, you know a 4G package, and that is the way that you get online. Now, when we moved from 3G to 4G. There was a, a a bit of a difference. I mean, I think we all probably remember moving from 2G to 3G. That felt like a massive leap forward. Yeah. But from 3 to 4, well, we were probably used to high speeds then, so it didn't feel as much of a climb. But from 4G to 5, there are going to be some stark differences. And that ability to just press play on something and it starts, no buffering, 
No little circles spinning round waiting for something. I'll be honest, I don't get that a lot these days anyway, for no. with a lot of stuff. But there's maybe a little bit of a lag, but you know, apparently this will, will take all of that away. It's called latency. The time it takes to do from, from actioning something to actually happening. Um, well, that's going to reduce dramatically. Uh, so I'm excited about 5G, but I think we maybe need to widen this out because really the big difference for, for that 5G will bring is with our connected community of technology. So, for example, the idea that driverless cars can communicate with each other. In order to do that, they need internet access. They need good, solid, reliable, latency-free internet access. And that's what 5G delivers. So what I'm saying is 5G is good, but it's going to have a massive difference in enabling lots of new technology. So, Sean, I don't know why I'm coming to you with this first, but what's your thoughts Mm -hmm. on 5G? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's exactly that. I mean, you're right that we're spoilt when it comes to speed now, but it isn't just the uh, speed of something that's important. It is that latency. And more than that, it's how that traffic is handled. You know, if you've got a... um, a small, let's say, a ring video doorbell doesn't need a whole lot of traffic, doesn't need that massive bandwidth. And 5G is capable to understand that and allocate the appropriate speed to that. And that helps with the whole running of the system. And it it's just one of the ingredients uh, to make all other things possible. I, I believe it's going to be the uh, smart home internet of things. As you mentioned, you know, driverless cars, all that connection. It's a bit like moving from dial-up to broadband to fiber. And 5G is definitely a step in that direction. And uh, I, I'm not sure if it will come to its full potential this year, but it's definitely, you know, it's the start and it's, it's going to be exciting. Well, I think that's a good point that you make there, Sean, because it's not going to probably come into its full potential this year. We'll probably see most services uh, or companies get to 5G by the end of the year. And so because it's going to be so new, the services and the apps and the Internet of Things, as you said, may not necessarily take full advantage of it quite by the end of this year. But going forward, yeah, 5G is going to be massive as far as a difference in speed from 4G up to 5G. Uh, we've talked about uh, you know all kinds of different things with apps and, and connections and you know smart cars and vehicles and things like that. But then even the medical field, I've heard a lot of people talk about you know the the ability to do things you know connected in the internet and hospitals and things like that to be able to to bring down that latency and have better connections. So yeah, having a faster connection outside of your home outside of Wi-Fi, you're just out and about and, and can you know get that better connection, it's going to change quite a bit of how we interact, uh, not just with each other, but you know with the internet. And that's the key thing. It's going to, I, I think you're right. It's, it's about enabling the technology of tomorrow because you know a lot of technology would like, I mean, the, the connected car thing, the, the driverless cars is a good example of this because all of this is there but it has to work together. In order, for order, in order for it to work together, you need that, that solid network base, and it's not there with 4G. It will be with 5G. I also agree with you, Sean. I don't think we'll realize the full potential because there's a huge amount of groundwork that needs to be done. Yep. Uh, in order for 5G to operate, you need lots and lots and lots of masts, quite low to the ground, actually, not high up like you would expect with the 4G. They need to be quite low on the ground 
to be able to transmit the signals. And of course, it's trying to make sure they're not being blocked by other. I mean, you imagine a city like New York it would be an absolute nightmare to set up. You need a mast in every corner near enough, and that's what they have to do in order for five G to work. Now, of course, a lot of that groundwork has started in cities, and it's been going for about a year now. And, of course, there's been a lot of controversy around it as well. The Huawei, especially in the UK, got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of concern because of the fact that you know, this Chinese company that had been, it was questionable about the, their motives and what they were doing, and they were in charge of this network, and would that mean they would have access to our phones and all the rest of it? Quite worrying stuff. So lots of concern around it, the, the actual growth of this. But ultimately, the, the benefits certainly outweigh, uh, and, and, and obviously in Canada, perfect example because there are so many rural areas that getting access to fixed line broadband is a challenge and especially fast broadband which of course can make a huge difference if you want to start your own business or you know just access basic services yeah so you know having that is really important so 5g is going to be a, a real marker i think this year and maybe it'll be 2021 before we see the the massive changes or the bigger changes and the real impacts but we'll certainly see it coming, especially to consumers, this year. And on that point, we're going to start seeing phones emerge. Now, we saw in 2019 the Samsung Galaxy S10 5G version, which is now on sale. You can go and buy one, and that, I think, is one of the first. Other companies are rushing to do it. Notably, Apple aren't. And there's also rumors kicking around, guys, that Apple won't release a 5G phone in 2020. That's right which is, is either the silliest thing I've ever heard or a really smart move. Well, the, the trouble is, I think, that when we talk about these terms like 3G, 4G, 5G, we automatically think of, oh, that's for the smartphone, that's your mobile data. And when it comes to something like 5G, that isn't the case. It is more about just this nationwide or even global coverage. It's, it's about getting that network together. And smartphones are just one small you know, facet of that. And it's, it's the other devices that will come along and be enabled to actually exist because of 5G. So I think actually, you know, the the difference on your smartphone between 4G and 5G, is, is it really something that you should be uh, worried about? I don't think so. Apple usually have got this stuff down. They know when it's the right time to release something. Yeah, because most of the infrastructure for 5G won't properly be in place till probably later this year. And, and as we said, a lot of the services or, or the ways to really start using 5G won't start to properly appear until 2021. It actually kind of makes sense if a phone company like Apple wants to wait until you know fall of 2021 to bring out 5G in a phone. I don't personally have a problem with that. If Samsung were to have done that or any other company does that, I actually don't mind because 5G in my phone, it'll be nice. It'll be great. The, the speeds will be fantastic. But as you said at the top of this conversation, Stephen, I get buffering sometimes on my phone, but not often. Not not so much where I'm like, oh, my God, I wish 5G would just hurry up and get here because this buffering is driving me crazy. It's not like that. It's not 1995 on you know uh, oh, on yeah. Internet back then where you know, we could share images and videos and music online. but. Steady. You had to, I don't know what kind of videos you're watching in 1995, um, but, uh, but like, you know, images would load, you know, very, very Steady. slowly. And I remember the first movie I ever downloaded, I think it was like a, a James Bond movie or Casino or something like that. And I mean, it's a two hour movie that took probably eight, nine hours to download. 
uh, you know, music back then, the download music, it, it's not like today where you're streaming it, you hit play and within a second or so it's playing, you know, so yep. the internet speed is at the base of all this. You can't have the innovation and the next step in the technology without the speed getting better. That, that That's where we were in the mid nineties where we could share those things online, but it took forever. But then when the internet speed caught up, well, then, of course, now we have streaming services and all, and all the rest. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a couple of years before this really, truly is going to hit us, uh, you know, on an everyday basis. So if Apple's going to hold off and other companies hold off, I think that's fine. A couple of other points, though, about that. And there's a good reason why Apple are perhaps holding off. And that's because the technology itself, the protocols, the standards, and I'm getting a bit in the weeds here. But, you know, the protocols and the standards for 5G have not yet been ironed out. So really there isn't a set way of doing it in regards to building a phone ready for 5g that is going to work and that is obviously a problem for mobile phone manufacturers because they're hanging on to decide either work with people to decide how this is going to work how it's going to look and then obviously build all that into the phones the challenge as well for apple was that at the moment based on on the current design it would actually be a much bigger phone, much thicker, even heavier phone because of what was required to go inside it to make 5G work. And obviously, I don't think Apple, uh, a, a company, essentially a design company, really, uh, more than anything else, yep. you know, are not particularly keen on that idea. Here's the new 5G phone with its own truck. Um, nobody wants <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, the iPhone 11 is already heavy enough. Yeah, Exactly. So you don't want to go to that again. So, you know, for that reason, that's another way, another reason for holding off. It's also important to say that there are some networks out there, some phone networks that are touting 5G already, saying it's available. You can have 5G now. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> one. You can yes. get 5G sort of, of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's not really, though. I mean, it, what I, I read a report out of a, a mobile phone carrier in the UK called O2 that said anything before 2020 that is sold as 5G is not 5G, it's 5G light. In other words, it's it's a small expansion to 4G. Like 4G plus, if you if you wanted to call it that. Um, and that sounds lovely, but it's obviously not worth signing up to a two or three year contract if you did that uh, to, to find out that uh, you know you weren't even on the right plan, that actually you, you've not been getting those speeds. And again, it comes back to those standards and protocols that have not yet been defined. So whilst the hardware... To make 5G work in, in terms of on the masts and all of that may be there. The actual protocol, how it's going to run, is not yet there. So just be wary. If you're looking this year and you're thinking, well, you know, here we are, we're in 2020, 5 G is all the rage and it's available to, to me in my area, just double check that. Uh, and I would hold off for, uh, for a good part of the year. I would almost Ooh. say, I'd almost say, hold off in 5G until Apple release a phone. Because then, you know, the standards have been set. Uh, you know, that, that almost is a marker. Samsung brought out this 5G phone last year. It, it felt very early then because there wasn't a network to even put it on. And, um, you know, we saw it with a Fold when they brought it out last year as well, which, I mean, it seemed like a nice idea at the time. And then... You know, within ten minutes, people you know notice things kept falling off it. Well, I mean, there is some fun. there is some credit to being the first on the market with a new technology, and but not when it's not good. No, I know, but companies do rush towards that, particularly something like Samsung. Mm, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's credible or laudable 
when no, no, sorry, it's yeah, not good. I didn't mean credit should be given, but there is some uh, kudos to it. That's the word. There's some kudos. Yeah. And there's some, you know, they, they think it's it's a, it's a bit of a uh, sticking it to the other companies that they were here first on the market yeah. with this new technology, when in fact it's, it doesn't actually mean anything if it doesn't work properly. Put it this way, I'm glad that Samsung didn't send a man to the moon. That's all I'm saying, because if <laughs> Samsung were in charge of sending a man to the moon, Neil Armstrong would be up there and he'd be saying, one small step for man, and then as soon as he says it, there'd be a massive explosion behind him and that was the rocket just blowing up <laughs> and it'd be like right oh, well that's that then i'm stuck when, here now so look, you know when it comes to 5g i think basically it's just that we don't even have to think about it. you shouldn't have to think about it. the only reason you'll you'll know it's there is because of the new products and services that become available and and that's the interesting thing the actual how this stuff works is going to be because of 5g but as us as consumers i don't think we have to think about it too much well, it's an interesting one. I mean, one you mentioned health earlier, Tim, and there was one story that stuck out for me. Um, and this is the the essentially we're talking down the line, possibly into twenty one, where the potential uh, for health takes us to a whole new level, right? So this example, oh, yeah. which, which I think is just amazing, is of a doctor or a surgeon, actually I should say, who would be able to carry out an operation on someone using a robotic hand doing the work from, say, maybe a 1,000 miles away. So actually using the robot hand and controlling it through with his own hands, essentially, but all through the network, all through the Internet, controlling this hand to do very intricate work on, on someone's body. Yeah, with no latency. At, That's with the no key. latency. I mean, you know... That is incredible. I mean, that is certainly the day you don't want the network to go down. You know, if someone <laughs> unplugs the router by accident, I'll just just plug in the vacuum cleaner, uh, get the place tidied up a bit, and it's like ah. Um, but you know, in all seriousness, that's impressive stuff. You know, and that's where we can get to with this. And you think about the benefits there in developing countries. You could drone in technology that would allow people in in, in developing countries to get immediate access to treatment. Yep. Um, war zones, you know, places where you might not want to send medics into because of obvious, you know, potential risks to them and, and obviously the people around them. So the potential here is massive. Yeah, how many times do you hear, you know, stories about or read stories that say, you know, specific to blindness? You know, so many causes of blindness can be prevented with regular checkups. But as you said, in third world countries or isolated areas where doctors can't get there or, or whatever the reason, if only they could do, you know, checkups. Well, if you can get the technology there or, you know, have a field hospital of some kind that the technology is there and the doctor is, as you said, you know, thousands of miles away. They could even something as simple as just doing examinations to say, oh, okay, something's going on here. We need to, you know, have you, you know, looked at by a specialist or whatever. You know, we're doing surgeries like that. I, I would use these words very lightly anywhere else, but I truly think in that case, that's something that could change the world because oh, you yeah. could have those situations where, you know, you can diagnose 
you know, ailments from thousands of miles away, you know, heal people, you know, do these surgeries from thousands of miles away, where otherwise you may not be able to get yourself to the doctor because, you know, if only I had all the money to travel and go see that doctor that's on the other side of the country or the other side of the world, but I can't get to them because I don't have that kind of money. And I, I tried GoFundMe and it didn't quite get what I needed. You know, that's the thing that people truly in, in regular life are dealing with when it comes to health. And so if you can have that kind of access that could really change things quite a bit. I feel quite bad about it because, you know, all I was looking forward to was a robot that could deliver me a pizza. Uh, you know, we don't have any fast food restaurants around here. And I was thinking this thing could, could grab a hold of a, a Mickey D's and then fly it to me. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. I, was, I <laughs> no. that was a great idea, you know. But, but now, I'm, now I'm hearing about, you know, changing lives in foreign countries. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, do you know, maybe I'll just lay off the Mickey D's. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I think the technology is amazing. And, you know, it obviously it's going to create all kinds of things. And I, I start with 5G because I think it really is the beginnings of the conversation around everything we could talk about here. We could talk about delivery drones. I mean, I'm mentioning that there. You will probably find a rise in those, Not maybe not by the end of this year, but certainly by the end of the decade, Oh, absolutely. I would say. You'll you'll start to see delivery drones appearing, and you know you buy a washing machine, and you know this robot drops it through your roof. Uh, at oh, you. that sounds um, delightful. That's yeah, the dream. I mean, obviously, obviously, there's a few kinks to be worked out in that, but you know, you get the idea. So, is Santa Claus um, instead of coming down the chimney himself, will just send a drone down with your toys and then continue on? Santa drones, yeah, yeah. Santa, Santa drones. drones. Yeah. They'll be they'll be uh, scuttling around all over the place, dropping the toys through the chimneys. Uh, I don't have a chimney. That's I've not really thought this. Oh, one forget it. Yet. You're getting nothing there. Oh, well, we already knew oh, he got well. coal for Christmas. So, well, that's right. I still haven't even got my presents yet. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it is just um, the potential is huge. Driverless cars. I mean, I think this year. I mean, I know we're going to see more trials, but I I think we're going to get to a place by the end of this year where socially they will become more acceptable this is how it feels to me you've got to get it into the minds of the people who are drivers um and it's like i've said before about things i mean we talk about this from a blind point of view a lot you know and it's you know if we can get people to think about things in a mainstream sense then it's good for us as blind people so audiobooks was a great example of that when audiobooks were sort of sold as you know if you're out running or you're in your car and you're too busy to listen to the latest Jane Austen, um, you know because she's always writing, um, then you know then uh, you can always catch up by listening in your car, right? And and this is absolutely brilliant. I was so excited when I saw those ads on television because I thought that's it, that is it. You're selling it to the public, but actually what you're doing is you're securing it for us as blind people. Now with driverless cars. What you're hearing about is drivers going, I don't like driverless cars, and I, I want to drive my car to the country pub on a Sunday, and no one's going to tell me otherwise. Got to change those people's minds, because first of all, they're all wrong. Um, that's nonsense. You know, We've got to change that viewpoint, get away from that, because that could make a massive difference to our mobility. Um, and, and of course, the, the potential there with you know, indoor beacons as well. You know, So not only can you find that the car can get you to a location but you can get out and then find the door of the blooming place yes. and then know what's in it um 
you know, find someone uh, you're meeting. You know, you can sort of just be directed in your head but to the table using your Bose AR frames or Bose AR frames 4 by that point. Yeah. Um, you know, the potential is huge with all of this stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk more because there's a lot more to talk about in regards to the future of tech. We're going to get some emails as well and our predictions for 2020. Um, have we discussed them yet or are they still to come? Stick around and find out. It's Double Tap Canada. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Well, hello to our lovely listeners on Twitter uh, as well. Uh, Tim Dixon, who got in touch to say thank you for putting up with that. Well, actually, I think he said to you guys, uh, well done for putting up with me. but then he he rectified that, and he uh, you know he covered himself in glory after that by saying, uh, "Thank you for putting up with us, listeners, as well." Um, yes, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. It, it cuts That's both ways. I'm not saying a uh, word. Yeah, <laughs> we love you, listeners. Thank you. Yes, I do. love you all. Uh, let, well, let's get into some of the emails actually, because uh, Billy Burrell's been back in touch, and he's not shouting at you for once, Tim. Oh, thank goodness! Yeah, we reconciled <laughs> on Twitter. We we we've we've talked, so it's all good. Well, it he is. says thanks so much for getting back to me uh, regarding the docking station. He says he's decided he's going to uh, get in, uh, a couple of them, not just one. There you go. Wow. Um, he wants to talk about his iPhone 8 that he got last year. Um, he had been considering buying an iPad for a while, and then he had about the iPad 10.2-inch, um, which came out. And actually, I think over the Christmas period, was on sale uh, at a uh, kind of knockdown price, so a few good few dollars off that, so that was good. But anyway, he got one for uh, Christmas as an early gift to himself, and apparently, uh, Lou hasn't come back to confirm this, uh, his wife has said that he may get one of, a, or a pair, I should say, of AirPods, not one. Just one. <laughs> Merry Christmas, dear. Here's an AirPod. If you're nice, I'll give you the other one next year. Um, but yeah, he gets some, uh, he's hoping to get some AirPods, or he's hoping to get some AirPods for Christmas. He hasn't come back, though, to tell us if that happened or not. Um, he says he feels like he's living in a veritable orchard uh, with all of these Apple products around his house. Um, so he's uh, happy. I think it's safe to say, but he did want to say uh, have a fantastic Christmas time. Happy New Year as well. And, uh, you know, all the best to all of us. So thank you for that, Billy. Oh, oh thank thanks, you, Billy. And well done. Yeah, Congratulations. And I just want to also say that's the first time I read an email out using uh, voiceover on the Mac. So there you go. I didn't manage to screw up too much, which is quite oh, pleasant. It was perfect. Um, well done, you. Right. Look, let's get to one of our voicemails because uh, one of our listeners has been in touch. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Anthony. I am from Calgary, Alberta. I caught part of your show last week and enjoyed the segment you did on how you got away from getting in serious financial difficulties by not dealing with a scammer who's offering you employment. A lot of us in this community are underemployed or unemployed, and I thought it was really good that you explained what to look for, because I'm sure there are some who would have jumped at that opportunity that Tim almost did. But -hmm. because of Tim's great background, he figured, oh, this is a scammer, I'm out of here. So I'm really glad you did that. I would love to get more information on how not to get scammed, or even how they find us. Is there certain things we can do to avoid getting found insofar as uh, signing up to newsletters, unsubscribing from ones you don't need? I'm not real sure where this would go, but I just wanted to give you guys some great feedback and let you know. You have a great day. 
Thank you, Anthony. Um, I think the short answer to that one is just never go online again. It's probably the easiest yeah, option, isn't completely it? Completely unplug. No, I, first of all, thank you, Anthony, for those kind words. But he, he's right. There are things you can do for your social media you know, accounts that you have. Be as private as possible. Go through the security settings. Go through the privacy settings. If there are things that you put out there that you don't want the, the full public to see, then make sure that you're flagging that as private or make sure that you only can you know, have that be seen by friends or, or whatever. You know, on my Facebook page, for instance, I, I have different levels of security and privacy set uh, because there are certain things that I don't want the entire public to necessarily see, like where I'm checking in or where I'm at because they know, well, he's not home. So I can go and you know get into his house if the public saw that. You know, that, that opens the doors for someone to scam you or to steal from you. Um, so make sure you're, you know, you're using those privacy settings and just be careful. You know, if somebody sends you a message on LinkedIn, which is where I, I got that message from or anywhere else, just a direct email, read through it carefully, see how they put the language together, read what the offer is, uh, you know, what are they asking you for? And anytime they're wanting you to send them money and they're hiring you. No, that's immediately a red flag. If they have equipment that you need to use for the job that they're hiring you for, they should be buying the equipment and they should be sending it to you. If it's a, you know, a remote kind of thing uh, for employment, you know, they should be sending it to you, not you purchasing it from some unknown website. Uh, you know, with a, with a cashier's check, like I was, you know, being involved in. So just some basic kind of things, just, you know, use common sense and protect yourself when, when you're out there online. One of the things I would also add to that is um, on Facebook as well, a lot of people love to post pictures. And I've often found, uh, I must admit, I can't really use the pictures on Facebook anymore for me. Um, but but friends of mine have said, um, you know, that's interesting that that person's posted that picture because it contains, you know, in the background, a letter uh, that's sitting on a table. And the letter has got that person's address. And because cameras are so good these days, if you zoom in and you look closely enough, you'll see the address of that person and where they live. Uh, or you take a picture outside your home. Uh, and actually, the one that surprised me the most was with uh, on, the, on the iPhone especially, or any smartphone that you use, um, oftentimes you're adding a geotag in your image. So you're actually yep. uh, giving people your location when you take an image and you upload it to Facebook, that geotag is in there. And that geotag contains the location of where you were when the photograph was taken. So if you're outside your home of your, or you're in your house or you're outside your home, then uh, they will know exactly what it is. And if it's outside the home, then you've pretty much told them also what the house looks like if they're looking for it. So you've got to be so careful. Uh, and I think these days more than ever, because on something like Facebook, the way I used to, to talk about it, when I used to train people on social media or at least show people the, the dangers of social media, one of the things I used to talk about was imagine Facebook being like a local newspaper. You know, if someone came up to you, on, say you're on a bus, and someone came out, and this would never, obviously not be me, uh, but you're on a bus, right, and someone's <laughs> sitting there, uh, and someone, or, you know, stands up, walks over to you, sits beside you, and starts showing you pictures of an evening out you've had with your wife, and says, hmm, your wife's very attractive, you'd be absolutely horrified because you'd be thinking why are you looking at my pictures who are you but that's facebook that is yeah. what facebook is well, that's people social media you don't general. know yeah. well it is but you can control it to some degree now my solution is just don't post pictures i think these people are insane i've got friends that do all the time and they're forever posting everything of their lives 
all you're doing is just giving people information about you willingly. And I don't understand this obsession. You know, I'll post when I feel like posting or if there's a particular reason to post something. Very rarely do I post any pictures of an evening out. I don't like to give uh, the idea of routine, which is, I think is actually another thing you've got to be careful of. People pick up on those routines in your life. So, you know, if you always post that you're at the train station at half past eight, I've got my cup of coffee, I'm off to work now, then they all know you're at the train station at half past eight. And if you've done that a few times, then people pick up on the fact that's probably when you're going for your train. Uh, you know, and if you come home, oh, I'm working late tonight. Oh, I hate my boss. Um, oh, so that means your house is empty for a bit longer. You know, you've got to be so careful. And then when you're on holiday, and this is the one my wife and I used to argue a lot about, and then unfortunately it happened to a neighbour where they had been posting pictures while being away, came back and their house had been robbed. And that was obviously very unnerving for them. But, you know, it wasn't hard to, you know, I, I follow them on Facebook. I was aware of how many pictures they were posting from their so location. So you thought you'd rob their house. So I thought I'd rob the house. <laughs> uh, but no, but I mean, the fact that that happened is, is, is tragic, of course. But, you know, you obviously think, well, if you hadn't told as many people that you were away, then that would have not happened. Um, so, you know, and, and that's why I don't, I refuse to do that. I just don't post. If, if my wife and I have a rule, she likes to post things on Facebook. And what I say is, well, okay, fine. But when we come back, when we're home, uh, don't do it while we're away. Yeah. yeah, you've got to be very selective and, and thoughtful about what you're doing. That's why I said before, go through those privacy and security settings. I mean, on, on Twitter, they have it where you can have the geotag whenever you tweet. So it's not even just a picture. It's when you tweeted, where were you when you sent that yes. tweet? I have that's turned right. that off years ago because yeah, – Who would want that on? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I, I, unless you're – a, a person who does Twitter as a travel business or something, you know, uh, yeah, you don't need to have that turned on. So I've got that turned off. And, uh, you know, on Facebook, for example, you know, I've got things flagged as friends or family members, close friends, high school acquaintances, you know, people that I knew 25 years ago, but I, I kind of know them now. We kind of talk, but you know, I haven't talked to them in a long time or people that are just general acquaintances, people that I generally know, but we're not real close friends. You know, you may have to consider do I want certain people to see that I checked in at this restaurant? Uh, my wife, for example, only if she posts photos of our daughter, especially our family and especially of our daughter, those photos only can be seen by family and close friends. Any other general acquaintance, she's got that locked down. You cannot I mean, see I, it. I, I, that means I'm a close friend because I see pictures you of your are, daughter. You are flagged oh, as a close that's friend. Nice. Yes. Oh, this is this is turning into a love fest. This oh. is lovely. <laughs> I think friend. I've got a friend. Oh. Look, stop you it. Man. Uh, we'll also, I, they I never got, do. I gotta say, other than that, you know, it's it's difficult to totally protect yourself. You can never just cut yourself of off. Because, well, that's why I said you have to use common sense a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. And and when it comes down to general scams as well, the email thing of you know, mm. a company is never going to ask you for money or ask you for a password directly through an email. Never right. use links. Never use links that are on a an email. Always go to the company's website. If if you get an email saying that, oh, your Apple ID is being used or has been locked out, don't click on a link on that email. No. Go to apple.com or whatever website, whatever service website directly. Log into your account and you will see if there's a problem. And there. actually, you know, and it's interesting, We did. I think we talked about this when we came off here uh, that, that week we did that show 
when we were talking about that because actually one of the one of the things that gets me is if you go into the web address and as screen reader users like we are, you can actually pick up on the flaw oh, uh, yeah. in this because sometimes you'll get like a, a, a what was it the one that I remember? I think it was a the scam was that it was an Apple scam, but if you actually went through it with a screen reader, it was saying A P P exclamation mark E. So it looks at yeah. first, uh, just at a glance like Apple. So you wouldn't doubt Apple.com in that case. But of course, it wasn't Apple.com. It was app exclamation mark e.com. So obviously, then it, make, it made it fake. So you've got to think about those things. You know, try and check out the address. One, one thing that Anthony mentioned there was are we targeted? You know, how do they find us? And that's often the question. And I think sometimes that paranoia can build um, that we're all being watched and we're all being. Honestly, you know, they're, they're trying to just do they're a just big spread. Anybody. Yeah, they're yeah. they're throwing out so many. For every one of me that they tried to get, there's there's probably dozens or hundreds more that they have also tried to get. And it's just a matter of getting the right person to respond. They're just hoping that they finally get somebody. Yeah, and and that's the point. And and especially. I mean, we've maybe got to divide it up a little bit here. You know, the difference between your house being burgled and being involved in one of those kind of scams is there is a difference. And the difference is that on one occasion, someone is clearly keeping an eye on things locally. And, and, you know, obviously Europe movements on Facebook are a window to that. Um, But then with scams like the one you were involved in, that scam wasn't aimed at you, but it became focused on you because of the yep. response and obviously you had begun a conversation thinking it was real and you know i have to say i've been there as well i've had that these emails and you think well that sounds quite an interesting idea my my uh, one i got scammed on was uh, an ebay scam uh, where i'd bought something and then it was uh, a <laughs> i remember this the courier company was called i think it was called polaris or something and i'd gone onto the website to look for this uh, company and it was a shipping container company but there was something just really weird about the website, and it was just a picture of a big ship with a single crate on it. And I thought that doesn't feel right. Um, it just it all just felt, and it was like one image and a bit of text saying, "You know, we are a shipping company." And I thought, hmm, I don't think that's how shipping companies, you know, sell themselves. I don't think they just have a picture of a ship and say, "You know, we we do this stuff. We've got ships. We've got ships, <laughs> and you can put your freight on them." Uh, so you know, instantly I thought, hmm, and then of course I didn't hear it back from anybody, and then of course. I think they had scammed, you know, a number of people. And, you know, thankfully it, had, it was through eBay, so I got my money back. But it was, you know, frightening for a while because you think, did these people then know my details and do they know everything about me? And, you know, are they coming after me and all this stuff? And the reality is these guys are just looking to make a quick win. But we have got to be so careful around our identity because, you know, we, we do leave ourselves open. I mean, this is why I've said before, if you use something like Be My Eyes, be very careful of what is in view on the camera. And what you're showing people, uh, don't you know? I, I had a friend once who, uh, actually, in the last year, who uh, had told me that he had used Be My Eyes, and his wife, and his wife is sighted. He's blind, and he'd used the computer at home, and he was trying to to do something, and he was unaware. And it was only because of the honest volunteer at the other end, thankfully. Um, and I have to say, any of the people who volunteer on Be My Eyes generally, are, I think, are good people. I think the majority of people are good, right? I mean, let's just start on that yes. premise. We can't all oh, say yeah. that people are bad. They're not, um, and, and especially on Be My Eyes. Um, but this very honest person said, look, sir, I, I want to help you, but I will say that you have on your screen a piece of paper uh, taped onto the screen, which has got your password 
and also bank details on it. Um, so maybe Why? you want to move that because someone might see that. And never he, do he, that. He wasn't aware no, that it was there, but his wife had obviously done that because that was the easiest way for her to... But she's not thinking anybody's going to be looking at this other than her. Um, but there you go. You have a situation where you bring that app in and all that person had to do was just take a note of those bank details and you, obviously the, the details were all there to see and that was it. You, you know, that person could have been hacked. So it's on us as well. We've got to be careful. We've got to be responsible. And we've got to be aware of, of all of the, the potential things. It's not to scare people. I don't want to scare anyone about it. But you've got, you've got to be real. You know, there is a I'm dangerous scared. world. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I live in a perpetual state of fear, so it works for me. That's why I have the Calm app, as I mentioned last week. No, I can't even say the word app. Right, look. <laughs> Let's get away from that because, Anthony, thank you so much for your, your email. And please do keep your emails coming in. Uh, feedback at ami.ca. If you've got a question for us, uh, especially uh, for our Double Tap TV show, you can ask Double Tap just by using the hashtag AskDoubleTap on Twitter. And, uh, of course, you can catch us on Facebook as well. Uh, Tim, I know many people like to call in like Anthony did. Uh, what's the phone number again? Yeah, absolutely. Please call us at one 509 Four five four five, and don't forget to leave a voicemail. That's how you'll what's will happen when you call that number. You leave a voicemail, and that will get to us. But do tell us if it's okay to use it on air, otherwise we won't, and it'll go in the bin. Wow, harsh. Okay. Well, you know, I'm sorry. We have rules here. We'll rules. listen to it first. You know. Oh, we'll listen to it first. Yeah. You know, and we'll take notes, and if there's good ideas in it, we'll steal them, uh, and then we'll delete it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've got through my career. Um, right, Lou. Let's uh, let's talk about some other things because. Uh, obviously we are into 2020 and I was thinking look we're not far from the end of the show here and I just wanted to suggest that perhaps we use this time to talk about our predictions for 2020 what do you think will be out in the you know either as a prototype that's coming to fruition in 21 or something that's actually here something that's physically available that isn't currently available in some form um, in 2020. I, I'm intrigued to know our thoughts on this. So I know you've all been thinking about it. I think Tim should go first on this one. What's your prediction for 2020? Ooh. Big tech prediction. Yeah, big tech prediction. Well, I've been saying it for probably about a year now, and I'm going to continue saying it. I believe, and not only Apple, but I believe that Apple and many other companies are going to step into the smart glasses realm even bigger than we've ever seen. I think companies like Bose with their AR frames that we've talked quite a bit about, I think that that's that plus a, an Apple glasses, maybe a new Google glass, several other companies that are working on smart glasses. Uh, I think that that's really going to be huge this year. And especially as time goes by with the 5G conversation we had before, that interconnectivity between glasses and watches and other wearables in your phone, I think it's all going to really begin to tie together quite a bit, especially over the next couple of years with the 5G. But this year, I think you're really going to see that technology begin because I think that Bose AR frames were just the beginning of that. As we saw, as I mentioned, Google Glass years ago was kind of a beginning of that. I think that companies are really going to get into this. You're going to have augmented reality with cameras and audio, uh, you know, being able to connect to your phone, your watch, and what have you. So I really think that's going to be huge this year. Mm, okay. Um, I don't disagree with that. I will say, oh. and this is only going on the conversation that we had with 
Christopher Patnell from Google at uh, Texture Pro last year. <gasps> That's not fair. That's insider knowledge. Well, mm. well, if you'd listened, you would have known it's not insider <laughs> knowledge <laughs> now because it's public. Um, but, you know, the interest, just because you're not on it doesn't mean you can't listen to it. It right? does. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. I, Says him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, touche. Um, but yeah, here's the thing. I um, I think what we'll see, and I say I think, Google have said, it's not what I think. Um, this hadn't even come to my mind. Um, and, and that is that they are going to come out with a pair of glasses that will have some kind of sensor in them. Not a camera, but a sensor that will sort of sense the world around it, will be able to create images in its mind. And the idea behind this is kind of because people might be freaked out by the idea of a camera. Again, it's about selling it to the CITES. Um, so, you know, <laughs> say to people, look, you know, do you, you, you really want... I mean, you imagine the idea, right? You buy your, your, your Google Glasses and you've got your camera built in there and you go down the beach... <laughs> there's kids running about and there's adults everywhere and people bathing and you're sitting there with a camera on your glasses. You don't think you're going to get approached by someone who's going to say, what are you doing? Why are you wearing a camera and near my kids? And, and I think I think people might be a little bit wary no. of wandering around. Yeah, but how camera. far of a step away from having a camera in our hands all the time with our, our smartphones exactly. is that? I don't know that. Yes, it is different because it's on your face, so it's out there all the time, whereas your phone might be in your pocket. But People are constantly taking selfies and video recording everything all around them and, and you know, vlogging and YouTubing. And I, I just yeah, themselves. don't. Well, yeah, but what about the people not, that might be behind the, them or in that frame or in the shot or just no. around? I think people I, are I, I more, don't know. I think people are more wary about it, and especially around kids. And I understand that. I mean, if well, I, that I, I agree kids, with you. But, but I don't want people, if I, if, I, if I had kids and I don't have kids because I generally don't really like children, I'm quite happy to admit that. Um, but. <laughs> I don't. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year! Um, it's lovely being here. Um, but you know, I, I just I think you know I, I wouldn't want my kid being able to be photographed or all that kind of thing. It would it would concern me as a parent. That's all I'm saying, and I think that's why I wouldn't be keen on the idea. However, we shall see. Sean, Nonsense. What's Sorry. your big idea for 2020? Oh, okay. Well, I've got a couple actually, but. Uh, that- I think we can have one. All right. Well, as a concept, I think we're going to see the smart home really uh, move up a gear. I think a few weeks ago we had the announcement that the major companies are working together to come up with a protocol where all the smart devices, so it doesn't matter if it's from Google, Apple, or Amazon, they can talk to each other and the devices will work with other services and other products. And I think that's really going to evolve and make a massive difference because um, at the moment it's all, okay, I'm in this camp. I'm in Amazon. I'm in Apple. I'm in Google, whatever it may be. But I think this year we're going to see it where it actually doesn't matter too much. It doesn't matter if you, what what brand you choose. Uh, they're all going to be able to talk to each other and control different devices. Apple's HomeKit, for example, really good uh, and secure protocol, but it hasn't really taken off because it's really closed. Uh, Amazon uh, Echo, there's so many devices for that. And I think that we're going to see a crossover and a, a bit of... It's strange in the tech community, but we're going to see a bit of working together to really expand on that and make the whole smart home experience really uh, less brand specific. And I think that's going to be amazing. 
What I think is that happens that will, not that they're not popular already, but I think that will drastically increase the popularity of smart home devices because you have to consider, especially with what you're just saying, you know, imagine if you had DVD players and every company's DVD player took a different type of DVD disc. I mean, that happened when Blu-ray first came out. You could yeah. only use them on, on certain Blu-ray players, but then that expanded, of course. But, you know, imagine being that so close that every player had a different size or different type disc and you were close to that environment. That would have never happened. And so the fact that this has been the standard for, for home, you know, smart home devices, it, it is kind of different than tradition. So I, I'm hoping that that really happens. I saw that they are working on getting the voices and the, the assistants themselves to be kind of more cross-platform and more, uh, more options. And so if they can make it easier to switch between them with a standard, you know, maybe for smart homes, that'd be fantastic. Well, we shall see. My prediction, though, as we come to the end, is that um, I predict for 2020 a tablet device that you can feel what's on the screen. I think that we're going to start to see taptic and haptic feedback really come out on its own, and you'll be able to start to feel the kind of you know, shapes or images or whatever um, that the tablet actually displays. Now, there is already one of these, and in fact, there's more than one of these in uh, in prototype at the moment uh, through companies like Orbit Research that did the uh, Orbit Reader 20. And um, even Blitab, which is a European model that has been worked on, uh, which is actually intended to be an e-reader for blind people, that you can actually feel the dots on the on the display, not to be confused with the Canute Braille display, because that is a multi-line Braille display. That's its purpose, right? It's just a multiple number of, of lines of Braille. But the uh, actual screen itself being completely flat and then transforming itself into whatever you want it to be. That is my prediction for 2020. I don't think we're far off that. Wow, that'd be impressive. That would be very impressive, and I, I don't know that I disagree with you. I think that that's very possible or likely to happen because that technology is kind of beginning. But that but if that does happen, I think it's a stepping stone to virtual reality because they already have, you know, with the virtual reality headsets, you can get gloves that provide haptic feedback, and that is still in its infancy, quite Steady. honestly. So I think <laughs> – what? Nothing. What is it you're doing with your – never mind. Uh, honestly, um, he forgets it's a family show. Honestly, he it's does. disgusting. <laughs> yes, it is. Brain but but, me, no, but, but as virtual reality headsets get better and better and, and we get into the 5G era and all that and the haptic feedback in, in gloves and you know things like and even clothing, that you know, all kinds of different things uh, that you can do to really immerse yourself in virtual reality, something like a tablet with that technology I could see as being a stepping stone or part and parcel to that so you can feel that that physical, uh, you know, feedback of what the virtual environment is. So I, I think mm. it's possible. Well, we shall find out. We will be putting all of what we've just said into a time capsule. And I can imagine I'll probably be wrong. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Tim, you kind of won the day with the right. Apple smart glasses because I think that's yes. probably a reality uh, for sure. Sean, I have no idea what you were talking about. And my idea is trash. So we shall see. Um <laughs> Anyway, our usual standards find. for the new year. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Start as you mean to go on. Uh, listen, that's it for the show for this week. Next week, we are live, and I mean, like, really live. You could even call in. Can we do that? I think people could call in and shout at us live. We, we, we will see. 
Yeah. Well, if you want to uh, follow the action, then tune into this show live. Uh, of course, it will be podcast as well. So don't worry if you're on the podcast, you will get the episode. Um, but yes, you'll be able to catch up with all of our shenanigans at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas on next week's uh, Double Tap Canada. Also uh, coming uh, soon to Double Tap TV as well, a special one hour episode of the show. Uh, myself and Mark Flalo there uh, talking about all of the latest technology for uh, well everybody actually but really focusing on what can be beneficial to us as blind people and indeed the wider disabled community as well Uh, that is it for me though thank you so much for being here Tim and Sean as always thank you guys thank you thank you happy new year happy new year we'll catch you again next week live Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.